I'm kind of a sucker for buzzer beater stories, which I define as founders almost failing and coming right down to the line when they're about to give up. And then something miraculous happens that saves their business. And I think this story from Hinge, Justin McLeod, uh, really is one of those probably could should have failed, could have failed, but didn't fail just because of a random freak event. It's got two other elements to the story that I love. One, the arbitrariness of Apple's App Store policies. And two, the importance of event marketing to create some kind of community. That's something that I'm increasingly realizing is part of marketing. If you want to be an elite marketer, you have to do events well. Around Thanksgiving, this is 2012, we have like $25,000 left in the bank at this point, and we probably raised like 150 or something like that. It's pretty clear this isn't going to go anywhere. So I had this kind of crisis moment over Thanksgiving, and... I called the team and I'm like, let's start over from scratch. This needs to be simple. We got to get rid of all these questions. And by the way, it's 2012, so the world's going mobile. And this needs to be a mobile application. And that was because by 2012, you yourself, presumably, and all your friends were using iPhones? Yeah, it was starting, you know, the App Store was starting to become more popular. There were more companies starting to develop things for the App Store. So it just felt like if we're the dating company of the future, the dating company of the future is probably on mobile. And I, and I think, again, the simplification, it, it dovetailed with the simplification of the interface, which is that we'll just make this thing really simple. And if it's really simple, it should fit on mobile. It's almost like a good forcing function to make it simple right. because you can't fit that much on a three-and-a-half-inch screen. And so... Let's just distill it down to like a photo, age, location, a few interests, and just like, yes or no, do you like this person? Move to the next person. And if it's a match, we'll let you know. So, all right. So the idea here was to just do a pivot and focus on building a mobile app. I'm trying to figure out how you did that, though, because in 2012, building a mobile app was a lot more expensive than it is today. How did you guys do that? We used, at the time, there were these, I don't want to get too technical, but there was a way to essentially build a website that looked like a mobile app and behaved right. like a mobile app that you could package as a mobile app. So that is essentially what we did. What was your strategy in terms of getting it out into the world? So my one of my really good friends from Colgate had moved down to D.C. with me. His name was Bennett Richardson. He, were, he and I were original roommates when we first moved to D.C. And he was just very plugged into the social scene. And so we just used his email lists and, his, and we were just like hustling to get people on and telling them to tell their friends. Hmm. And we started with just iOS and we... And we just burned. I mean, we just we just worked all day and all night because we because we had to be when we were going to run out of money, which was February seventh, twenty thirteen ish. And we took our last twenty five thousand dollars and we threw a two thousand five hundred person launch party in DC. We set the date and we just worked backwards from that. All right. So so this party that you're talking about, you you working on the app and. And I guess you decide we're going to relaunch the company with a party. We're going to throw a big party, invite everybody we know, and hopefully people would download the app. That, that was the idea? Well, yeah, because the other issue was the cold start problem. And when you get one or two or three people coming in at a time, you know, in the early days, I would sit and look at the logs. 
and I would watch. Someone would log on to the site, and I would be like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> you know, and I would watch them. You know, they would like like someone, and then pass on someone, and then like someone, and then they leave, and I'd be like, "Ah." Oh. I mean, that's the trickle that was happening. And we were just like, we've got to get everyone on at once. Like, no one's going to stick around if there's not a lot of people on this thing. So we've got to just, like, throw this Hail Mary. We've only got 25,000 left. We're going to pivot to mobile, and we're just going to, like, get 2,500 people in here. They're going to be, like, the coolest, trendiest people in D.C., and they're all going to see each other downloading the app. And so they're going to think it's cool, and they're going to keep using it. This was in February of 2013. Where was the party? It was on a floor of an office building that was about to be built out as a new incubator that we were moving into. And they hadn't touched it yet. So it was just this big empty floor. And so we just used that. And I mean, how did you entice 2,500 people to come to the party? Open bar. We we had a liquor sponsor who just, I think Tito's Vodka just like shipped us a bunch of alcohol for free. We had like a DJ, we had an art exhibition, we had photo booths and a dance party, and everyone had to download the app to get in the door. Now, mind you, we, we actually didn't have an app almost because we had submitted the app to the app store for approval and they were not giving approval. And we we submitted like two weeks early. And it is the day before the launch party. And we still have not gotten approval for the app. So we're about to throw this like launch party. And we have no app uh, <laughs> to, for people to download. I was just like, I was trying to get in contact with people at Apple. I mean, who cares? Like, we were like nobody. But I'm like trying to reach out to the head of the App Store and reaching out to any VC I've ever met and seeing if they have contacts there and just like begging and writing emails, trying to get this thing approved. And I remember like the night before the launch party, I just was like curled up in a ball in the floor of our little office at this incubator crying. The last two years have been for nothing because we're going to launch this and we're going to have no app. And, you know, we skirted. We had, like, days of cash left at that point. So what happened? I went to bed and I woke up in the morning and the app had been approved. Wow. Yeah. It was nuts. No explanation. Never got an email back. Never know why. But it was approved that morning. All right. So that night, to get into the door, you had to download the app, which meant that's 2,500 downloads guaranteed, which is pretty good. How much of an impact did that have? I mean, did did those 2,500 people, presumably not all of them, but did a percentage of them start to use it? Yeah, the next day we had like 500 people log in to use the app who didn't have to. <laughs> you know, the, They like just came of their own volition and used the app. And then the next day, like 600 people came. And the next day, like 800 people came. And we were off to the races. So I'm cutting it short there, but obviously the rest of the story is really good. The podcast is How I Built This. Needs no introduction, so I didn't give it one. But the podcast has a lot more info on the dating app wars and the absolutely massive conglomerate that Match Inc. is uh, accumulating. So worth a listen.